Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Never. Never, and I mean ever, doubt the power of you, our audience, and the power of this radio show. Ever. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kevs here. Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey today. And boy, it was a wild and wacky night last night. We've got so much to get to. Mike Pence finally begged his way onto the debate stage. It appears I was getting threatened by a local government official late last night. And the best and biggest news of all, it was a terrible day for old Greg Fredo Pence because Suzanne Crouch, because of this radio show, had to come out and put the hammer down on him and his lieutenant governor ambitions. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, there is uh, there are a few things in this world that I get more joy out of than watching the Pence family get exposed. And gosh darn it, boy, it was just a it was just a terrible day, Ethan, for Greg Fredo Pence because Suzanne Crouch came out yesterday in what appears to be a reversal of course because it was made very clear that Greg Pence, they they described it as he was under consideration to be her lieutenant governor nominee. Sure. Now, as we said yesterday, when you couple that with the fact there's an admission from the campaign he's under consideration with the fact that he gave her 35 large not all that long ago. And look, there ain't nobody <laughs> giving somebody 35 large out of the goodness of their heart. I think a jury could come to a reasonable conclusion when you have an admission from the defendant and the... Um, what do they call that at the evidence when it when it's uh it's not it's Discovery? not no the ev- the evidence uh which which leads up to you being able to put reasonable things together oh gosh darn it it doesn't matter when you look at the evidence and you look at the admission <laughs> and you put them all circumstantial evidence that's what okay. i'm looking for when you put them all together that you would say greg pence was going to be suzanne crouch's uh nominee for lieutenant governor and we reported this yesterday on this radio show and we said this is pathetic because this is what the pence family does they're always looking for the next grift they're always looking for the next way to avoid working a real job they're always looking for the next way to milk the taxpayers and for greg fredo pence it was hitching his wagon to suzanne crouch and her governor not her potentially being the republican nominee for governor and she and he got caught and thanks to Fredo's brother Michael just like in The Godfather who has become an absolute poison in Republican Party circles it's no longer beneficial Ethan for Suzanne to be linked up to the Pence family name and boy yesterday did she throw him under the bus in 24 hours see that's what I don't understand I was trying to get you to explain this to me off the air because from my point of view it seems like a match made in heaven these are two heavily establishment hogs rolling around in the mud together Um, so to link their names in a campaign now of course 
the delegates have to approve. But historically, that's how this process has operated, hasn't it? Where the nominee uh, makes their favored candidate known and the delegates usually consent and abide by making that nomination. They don't have to, which, of course, Micah Beckwith is staking his run for the lieutenant seat on. But typically, that's how it's operated. So why in the last 24 hours have things so significantly changed that what was a match made in heaven between two establishment creatures is now toxic. Okay, so two things. One, we told you when Micah got in a month ago or whenever it was that this was going to be valuable beyond belief to this state because it was going to pull the mask back on the little cabal that operates inside the Republican Party establishment and how they use the levers of power and they're often very successful to get their desired person. He's been in a month. We've already seen it. We saw this little unholy alliance, this little backdoor dealio that was taking place (laughs) between Fredo and Silent Suzanne and they got caught. Now, to your question, yes, it's been 30 years or so. I believe it's been 30 years since this last happened where, hey, just whoever the governor nominee picks, that's who everybody rubber stamps. Clearly, based on Suzanne Crouch sitting back silently as Holcomb shut the state down, (laughs) raised taxes like they were going out of style, had the meet and greet with a domestic terrorist, Malik Muhammad, uh, tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, strong arming farmers out of their land using taxpayer money to do it. There's an endless list of egregious actions by Holcomb. And she said nothing. Micah rightfully so said, we must have a check and balance in the lieutenant governor's position. And I think what you saw is a bunch of old goats literally literally in the case of silent suzanne and and fredo pence trying to do business the way business has always been done which is you've got a name you've got access to resources i've got a name i've got access to resources we're both good at lying to the public about what we intend to do or what our actual political views are why don't we team up and it is an old way of doing business where they got caught because the pence name i think especially since mike pence decided to take a giant crap on every Trump voter in this state and basically say, I'm willing to turn state's evidence against Trump, has soured to the point where this is no longer politically viable for her. And she did the thing, what all good politicians do, they throw their friends under the bus to try to save themselves. So here is, so we did this, what time did we do this? I think we did this story at 9.30 yesterday where uh, Robert Vane, who is the spokesperson or whatever he is for Suzanne's campaign, we really like Robert. He's a nice guy. He's been on the show before. Admitted, yes, Greg is under, I believe he used the words consideration. Well, when again, you put it all together, it's pretty obvious what was going on. And by yesterday evening, Brian Howie of Howie Politics has this headline out for you. Now, you can either believe in a world of coincidences, Ethan, or you can believe, as we've told you, as we know, anytime you look at a ratings book, this show and our audience is the straw that stirs the drink. Crouch says, quote, not my right to pick LG running mate, despite word of offer to Representative Greg Pence. Okay, so I I understand you did explain why Greg is toxic now because of the behavior of Mike Pence and it's poisoning his name among the base. So so that makes sense. I I, I guess I still don't understand. What don't you understand? You have two establishment goons who are going to team up to get their way as they've always gotten it. But but that's what I don't understand because you said that in the lead up to this that this is the way it's operated for the last 30 years. Yes. So besides Greg's name being poisoned now, why does it matter that they've, quote, been caught 
because it's it's been fine among the Republican voters for the last 30 years, and now it makes a difference? I, just, I guess it... Because the okay. way of doing business has changed, and you have... It's the well, same good. way... It's I the, mean, I don't right. want corruption to but be But you have politics. people who are so far behind the times, <laughs> and they've always got... It's like Scooby-Doo, right? Like, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. Well, in this case, the meddling kid is Micah Beckwith, who has inserted himself into the process and said, we are not doing this anymore. We are going to let the... You think he really stands a chance with the delegates? I absolutely think if it were today, he would absolutely blow the doors off anybody who would win. I think you are so underestimated. Diego wanted a convention. Well, yeah. Uh, Micah Beckwith is a million times more competent than Diego Morales. That's how angry Republican delegates were last year, knowing all the crap they knew about Diego. They said, we would rather have that dumpster fire than Holly Sullivan, who was Holcomb's hand-chosen person. But by that logic, the anger was directed towards Holcomb, and that's what manifested as support for Diego. So who are the delegates going to be enraged at in the Republican general that will manifest as support for Micah? Well, I think you're going... Whose aspirations do they want to foil? I think a big part of it's going to depend on who the actual nominee for governor is, which you don't know right now, but what you're... Clearly, something changed her mind in 12 hours. No, clearly, yeah. No, no, you're right about that. Absolutely. Like, (laughs) I think, and we all... And it is definitely something that this show has done, this fabulous number one rated morning show. So we're going to have Mike on in a little bit to talk about this, and we're spending time on it because it's very important because it is another prime example of what we been telling you about this little cabal, about the establishment in the Republican Party in this state, about how they they manipulate the ability to get their people in who they want at the expense. Look at last year when they spent what they spend. They spend a million dollars to get rid of John Jacob and Kurt Nicely because they had the audacity to question Holcomb during COVID. A million dollars. Not to get rid of a Democrat. Not to get rid of a radical leftist. The Republican establishment spent one million dollars to get rid of the two state house members who had the audacity to question Holcomb. This is who these people are. This is who Suzanne Crouch is. This is who Greg Pence is. And nothing, Ethan, nothing makes me more happy than watching these people get exposed. All right, it's Kendall and Casey show. What a roar and start to the show today. When we come back, Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey, by the way. DeSantis, oh, I think he made a big mistake yesterday. <sighs> he said, Trump lost. We'll talk about it. Play of the audio coming up next. Kendall and Casey, 93 WIBC. This may actually be the most exciting show we've ever done in the seven years I've been here. There is so much going on today. It is the Kendall and Casey show. 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey. All right. So Ron DeSantis is trying to get his campaign back on track. And look, I was dead wrong on this. I thought people were going to see this guy. They were going to fall in love with him. They were going to say, look at what he did in Florida. And we're going to just break up with uh, Trump and get some guy that we think has a better shot of getting across the finish line. I was so wrong on that thus far. And look, it's a long way to Iowa. Maybe I'll be right when it's all said and done. But at least at this point, people are dead set on being in the relationship with the hot, crazy chick because between the sheets is worth the worth the uh, 
worth the cost of doing business the other 23 hours out of the day, Ethan. Uh, what you didn't realize, Rob, is that I also supported Ron DeSantis. Yes. And by the laws of nature, it has decreed whomever I support <laughs> is sure to lose, whether it's Abdul or Mitt Romney yeah. or yeah, Rand poison. Paul. Yes, it's whoever, whoever I would like to be the nominee or yes. the winner is sure to lose. So when I jumped on the Ron DeSantis train, that was the moment it all fell off the rails. I'm sorry, Rob. I poisoned I poisoned your, your favorite candidate. You otherwise would have been right. It's my fault. I am the uh, bad juju here. <laughs> you, are, you are our modern day bad luck, Brian. That is you, Ethan. Uh, okay, so here is where I'm at with this. And Klopp and Steenstein and I talked about this yesterday. While I still stand by Ron DeSantis would be the markedly better nominee. Yeah. I am reminded on a consistent and daily basis how the Republicans never follow through on anything. And it doesn't really matter what they tell you when they're running. Look at how they've handled the House of Representatives. Everything's bad. Biden's awful. Things have got to change. And then what they do, they fully funded all of his priorities with the debt ceiling vote. It never changes. And so if nothing's going to change, then what really does it matter if DeSantis gets in? Because there's a strong chance that he will be exactly like the rest of the Republicans and not follow through on the things that he said. So if indeed I'm going to get screwed, I might as well have fun and do the thing best for this show in the process because that's how I earn my living. And clearly the most fun adventure into hell and the best thing for this show is going to be if Trump's the nominee. No! I don't want to do this again please no um please no so DeSantis boy he's just he's uh he's not making a lot of friends and he got at look to the credit to the credit of the person asking the question I think this was on was this face the nation that he was on it doesn't matter anyway he was on one of these talk shows and he got asked the question did Trump win the election yeah it was NBC so he went on NBC and he got asked the question about whether Donald Trump lost the 2020 election and here's the answer Yes or no, did Donald Trump lose the 2020 election? Whoever puts their hand on the Bible on January 20th every four years uh, is the winner. Okay, but respectfully, you did not clearly answer that question. And if you can't give a yes or no because on whether or not Trump lost, then how of can... Course, you... no, of, of course he lost. Uh, Trump lost the 2020 of, election. Of course. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden is the president. But the issue is, I think, what, what people in the media and elsewhere, they want to act like somehow this was just like the perfect election governor that's supposed to be a problem that is a huge it is a huge problem it's that why? he's getting what, smoked why? ethan if you believe lose. no be, it, here's what people are sick of they're sick of these mealy mouth answers and mike pence does this all the time now if you believe the election and this is the question he, mike pence needs to be asked uh, when he when he's on the debate stage because he's made he has he has begged his way into the debate stage and he finally got there just at the nick of time but he made it do you believe joe biden got 80 million legal votes if the answer is yes then i respect you you're insane but i respect you and we're done here and you'll deal with the ramifications if the answer is no joe biden did not get 80 million legal votes which i do not believe he did i don't believe it was a national conspiracy but i believe in places like pennsylvania where executives just arbitrarily changed election rules and just started sending out ballots without any sort of accountability that no joe biden did not get 80 oh, oh, million legal okay, votes okay, so i don't okay, think trump okay, lost okay. Okay, okay, so you don't want to put a number on it. Fine. 
But do you believe, whatever the number is, at the end of the day, Joe Biden won 50% plus one of the votes. He won a single vote more than Trump and thusly the election. No, I don't believe I believe the there is no way to say that definitively, given the fact that the states, Ethan, you cannot just throw ballots at people and go, gee, I hope Fred gets this ballot. And okay, gee, I hope Fred why didn't the Supreme back? Court intervene because they did in Florida in 2000 in recent memory. I was alive when that happened. And who they give the election to? Oh, right. A Republican. So why didn't they do that again? Well, I think if you if look they, at people like Trump bring it, I think if you look at people like Samuel Alito, he was he was vehement that they should intervene. Supreme Court gets things wrong all the time. It doesn't matter. The point is this answer Whatever your answer is, the truthful answer, if if Ron DeSantis believes Joe Biden got 80 million legal votes and believes that what happened in places like Pennsylvania and in Detroit are fine, if you think it's normal for people to That's stop. That's a different question no, than whether not. he won the election. No, it's not, Ethan. No, it's not. That is the question. And this is what so many people in the establishment, either they don't get it or they don't care. It's probably a little of both, depending on who you ask. People believe, and rightfully so, that there were serious shenanigans that took place in 2020. And Ron DeSantis is trying to walk this line of being liked or not being ridiculed in the media or being liked inside the donor class. But yet he knows, he knows where the base of the party is and he doesn't want to alienate them. Whatever the answer is, if you believe Joe Biden got 80 million legal votes and places like Pennsylvania and Michigan were one fair and square, then just say that. He's he's talking but out he of bullshit. But he did just say that. No, so he are, didn't. You upset, are you he upset said, about the first part of the question where, where he said, well, whoever puts their hand on the Bible is the president of the United States? I'm upset about the whole answer because he tries to have it both ways in which he says, well, yeah, basically there were shenanigans that took place, but Joe Biden won. You can't do that. People see through that. That's why he's getting his ass handed to him right now. Pick a lane. Stay in it. All of these people, whether it's Christie or it's Pence or now it's DeSantis, who do this mealy mouth stuff are failing. This this is what bothers me so much about Trump rising to prominence again, because damn if we aren't relitigating the 2020 election. You know what we aren't talking about what? that I would much rather talk about? Policy. We aren't talking about the border crisis. We aren't talking about tax policy. We aren't talking about national sovereignty. We aren't talking about any important issues facing America. Instead, what we're talking about is, oh, well, whether Donald Trump won or lost the 2020 election that he clearly lost. And okay, fine. He's got another shot now. I guess everybody's enamored and they'll make him the nominee. Okay. I, I, I think there are better things to talk about in a, a national election. Well, it's great for our show, and that's what matters most. <laughs> We're here to serve <laughs> the we'll audience, the Ethan. Let's take a break. When we come back, Mike is going to join us for all this drama involving Suzanne Crouch and Fredo Pence seemingly being caught with their hand in the cookie jar doing this backroom bullcrap deal. Silent Suzanne trying to back her way out of that. I hope she doesn't hurt anybody with her, her backpedaling. We'll take a break. It's Kettle of Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Hey, guys, question for you. What's 12 times 3? It's 36. How would you like to get a 36% bonus when you invest your money? So if you invest $100,000, you get a $36,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you get a $72,000 bonus. Hey, it's Rob from Kendall and Casey. You know, thanks you're listening to us. Not only can you get a 36% bonus, you also get a competitive return, an average of 7% a year for the past 10 years. 
Plus, your money is backed by one of the largest insurance companies in the world. To learn more, call Bill Demery, your retirement guy, in Indy at 317-932-9912. This 36% bonus won't last long, so call 317-932-9912. It's 317-932-9912. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. I'm sorry, Suzanne, forever. Is so much drama going on in Indiana politics and government right now, and our next guest is at the center of it. You know how we love the agitators. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline, joined by the conservative voice of the state of Indiana, Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith, we started our show with this today. You know there's nothing more that I love than when old Fredo Greg Pence looks bad, and boy, did he sure have egg all over his face. So does Suzanne Crouch and what appeared to be be perhaps some sort of backdoor deal maybe being offered in exchange for his support or his $35,000 donation or who knows what took place that he was going to be the front runner it looks like for the lieutenant governor's nomination uh, that got out you called bullcrap on it we read that press release yesterday and now Suzanne says well old Fredo's gonna have to walk through the front door like everybody else and earn it the old-fashioned way what saith you well, I think it's uh, it was props to Suzanne for calling it out. I, I, I agree with you. I think it was Pence, Greg Pence, that was trying to push his way into the lieutenant governor spot. And everybody knows, like, he's been jockeying for that spot. I mean, he gave her a massive donation. You know, think about it this way. Like, where was that money? He's never given a candidate that much money before. Where was it last year when we were trying to hold the Senate? You know, like, why, why was it all of a sudden now he's willing to shell out money? Well, because I think he's really trying to buy that office. And so that's what I called out yesterday in the press release is like, this is not a politician's office. This is the people's office. And one of the reasons I'm running for lieutenant governor is because I'm tired of seeing that office being a placeholder uh, gift that some politician gifts somebody down the road if they do the right things. It's not theirs to give away. It's the people's office. And so it needs to go back into the hands of the people. So that's why I'm running to the delegates and saying, delegates, you pick. Who do you think would be best for the party and best for our state when it comes to, you know, upholding faith, family, and freedom principles? And so, so what he's trying to do is just a typical good old boy network, buy it, you know, shake the right hand. And I'll give, I will give Suzanne props. I, I think she had courage to call it out for what it was because I think, I think Pence and probably the establishment people that were pushing for Pence to get in there probably just thought, oh, she's not going to have the courage to call this out. And then it will just become truth because everyone will talk about it. Everyone will say, well, it's pants, 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 pants. And then no one will ever question it. And by the time we get to the convention next year, it'll just be, oh, well, it's got to be Pence because we've been talking about it. For yeah, yeah, the last yeah. Here, here's, the problem with, here's the problem with this. But before we get to the problem with this, can we all agree that th- this is not a coincidence that we do a segment on our show on this yesterday and then within – Less than 12 hours. Now she's talking to Brian Howie about, you know, doing a seemingly a 180 on where she was before. That's not a coincidence, right? Well, are you saying that your show, like people, more than one person listens to your show? Is that what you're trying to get at? (laughs) 
It does throw the singular I, fan theory into uh, into disarray, doesn't it? It does. Well, no, listen, you guys, you guys have a platform, man. I mean, you guys, what I love about you, Rob, and I know the people either love you or hate you, but even the haters, I always tell them, I say, listen, Rob speaks his mind. He'll call out the bull crap. And I, 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 I saw, you know, even with uh, the pastoral background, I, you study the life of Christ. Who was Jesus calling out most, most often? It was those who were technically, quote-unquote, on his side, the Pharisees, right? He was, he was going after those who should have been upholding the principles of heaven, the good principles, but they weren't. And I think what you do and what your program does really well, it calls out those who should be upholding constitutional faith and family principles, but they don't because we've established this old boy network and the system becomes corrupt even though the principles of the party are very good principles we have people in the in the party that have abandoned those principles and now are in it for their own gain their own self-interest and that's what i like about what you do you call them out and i think so yeah people listen you've got a great listener base and but it's because of that don't ever stop doing that even if I, God willing, you know, I get into office, I expect you to, you know, hold my feet to the fire. Oh, I'm, I, oh buddy, I'm going to be so vicious to you. You have no idea what's in store for you. You're, I mean, you don't you, have to be vicious. So, I mean, so, I <laughs> so you're. This is a true, true story, and we'll get back to Fredo Pence and his terrible day yesterday in just a second. Uh, but this is a true story. I was on the phone one time with your your wife, and she and you. I think you were on the phone with her, and she goes, "I'm very concerned if Micah gets in there, you're going to be mean to him." And I told her, and you were on the phone, so you can confirm this. I said, "I." I am mean to people who lie to me and don't live up to their end of the bargain. Not people I disagree with. I can disagree with people and be right. fine. I am mean to people who deserve to be mean to, who say one thing and do the other, and I don't think that's unreasonable. It's not. And actually, that's what I always tell people who, who think you're being mean to them. I'm like, well, go defend your point of view then. Go on a show. Like, and, and you know, that's what I think you and Abdul have a great relationship that proves that. You guys disagree on a lot of things. You know, Abdul's more of that establishment Chicago Republican, right? You know, and, and you, you, you mean you a Democrat? You, mean a, you said Chicago. <laughs> did you mean Democrat? I'm kidding, yeah, Abdul. Right? I mean, I love Abdul. He's, a, he's one of my good friends, right? Like, I, he's a good dude. But yes, you guys disagree, but you're willing to have the conversation conversation and you don't hide from each other and I think that's when that's when people deserve to be called out and kind of hammered a little bit is when they hide they know they've done something wrong and then they hide from the truth they're not even going to address it and that's that's what ticks people off like you and me so. okay so uh, Micah Beckwith's our guest we're talking about the terrible day Greg Fredo Pence had yesterday basically getting caught with his hand in the cookie jar uh, Suzanne old our pal silent Suzanne has come out to Suzanne Crouch and said well now uh, he was under consideration but now he's going to have to to earn it here's the problem with all this though Mike and trying to give Suzanne credit she confirmed through Robert Vane, her spokesperson, Adam Wren had it in Importantville uh, over a month ago that she was, you know, considering him. And here's when she ran to Brian Howie yesterday. By the way, if she actually wanted to get people back on her side because this looks bad for her, she should have come on this show, not run to Brian Howie, because we're the ones stirring the drink over here. But here's what she had to say. Here's what Brian Howie had to say. Indiana Lieutenant Governor Susan Crouch on Monday clarified comments that she had asked U.S. Representative Greg Pence to consider joining her 2020 gubernatorial ticket if she's nominated and then she goes on to say it's not my right to choose a 
lieutenant governor nominee. It is by vote of the delegates that my potential running mate is selected. The fact that several people have expressed interest in joining me in a campaign that will make history is both flattering and quite encouraging. I believe the word she's looking for there is grifting, but that's neither here nor there. The problem is Robert Vane confirmed he was under consideration, so she is a huge part of this equation because if he wasn't under consideration, this wouldn't be a thing. Well, I don't, I'm not saying he wasn't under consideration, but the article that came out last week said that she had formally offered it to him. And, and that's, and I, and I think you, you've got to go to the, the source. You got to go to Suzanne directly and, and say, did you formally offer it? Because I know even like people on, on the campaign team, they, they have their own agendas. And I, you know, I don't necessarily trust, uh, you know, every campaign staffer to tell the truth because they're pushing an agenda too. Sometimes that's counter to the agenda of the candidate. And so, so I think what she did yesterday was it was her own words to Brian Howie. It was like, no, 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 listen. And, and if I had to guess, I'm not in the Suzanne camp, but if I had to guess, and it sounds like Robert Vane and, and it, whether, you know, it was him or whoever it was, probably got a pretty, pretty solid tongue lashing if I had to, if I had to guess. If, this, if Suzanne had to come back out and walk this back, I mean, I would have been ticked at my staff if they did something like that and offered something that I didn't have the authority to give away and then come out and say, oh, yeah, yeah we've already told this person he's going to get the job if, if, you, if you get the office. And I mean, that to me would have just been egregious, and I would have probably seen people you know, fired over that. But, the, the, I mean, this would have never happened with Mike Braun. I think Mike Braun, people would have said, oh, if we do that, we're, we're canned. If we, do not, if we do not follow his vision and his agenda, because he's, a, he's one of those guys, I think that's a no-nonsense guy. I think what, they, what was happening is they thought they could do this to Suzanne because she's very sweet. She's got a really sweet spirit about her. She's very nice. But I think yesterday showed that she, she also has a little bit of a backbone to say, hey, I'm not going to get pushed around even by people within my own staff. Now, she's got some serious soul-searching to do about who she's putting around her, and I would call, I've always said that about Susanna. I think, I think she's got conservative values. My question is, who are you surrounding yourself with? That's, that's almost more important than even the values that you yourself hold. So I think she needs to go back and you know, have those those come-to-Jesus meetings with some of her staffers, it sounds like. Uh, Mike, back with our guest. Yesterday was a huge victory for you, right? Because it it confirmed everything you're saying and running for, which is there is this good old boy network. There is this establishment cabal. They are working in cahoots to finagle, navigate, whatever. Their next path to power, I call it the grift. It is especially true when you talk about the Pence family. And Greg Fredo Pence is the most recent example, shining example of this, because it certainly appears, look, ain't nobody giving nobody $35,000 and not expecting something back he got caught yeah no that's right it was a good day for me and and it just proves the point that when you start when you start giving the people's offices away like they're carrots that are somehow it's a politician's carrot to give to somebody else that ticks me off which is one of the main reasons i jumped in this race to begin with because primarily what i want to do with this race outside of winning and being a good lieutenant governor i want to educate the people that to, to tell them that the lieutenant governor's office is your office, people of Indiana. Hoosiers, this is your office. This is not an office that should be given away as some, you know, like, thank you for helping me, some, you know, award for being on my team. No politician has the right to do that. And that's what 
that's what ticks me off when I see politicians thinking that an office like the lieutenant governor's office is somehow mine to give away. No, it's not yours. It's the people's office. And the delegates have the right to nominate, and then the people in November have the right to vote on whose office it, 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 it is because it's, it's ours, the people. And so yesterday I confirmed that. It, when you when you shine a light on it, and I knew this was going to happen from the moment I stepped in the race, it was going to cause such a confusion and and a a, a people are going to be stunned in the political elite what I'm doing because they thought for many years, no, this is ours to give, and I said, no, it's not. The Constitution says otherwise. The people of India, Indiana, if they knew, they would say otherwise, too. And what I'm doing is beginning to educate the people of Indiana, and they're saying, yeah, you know what, that is our office, and nobody has a right to give that away. So I think Suzanne did the right thing in saying it's not mine to give. She said that's exactly right. And I think Pence got caught thinking, oh, it's always been someone's to give, so I just got to pay the money to whoever's going to give it, and then I'll get it. Okay, before, and, before, and so, be, before I let you go, I want to ask you this, because Suzanne Crouch is the focus of all of this. Uh, I was told by a very reliable source – that inside the campaign, they have very had had very heated discussions with her, people on both sides, about, look, I'm not going to say how to address this show, but I'm going to say how to address the issue that matters, which is you have been amigos with Eric Holcomb, who is reviled by a large portion of people who will vote, at, vote in a Republican primary next year, and simply putting your head in the sand and being silent Suzanne is not going to cut it, and this Greg Penn thing whether she was directly involved in it or people were working behind her back the fact is it's your campaign you're stuck to it it feeds the narrative that you are an establishment crony stooge she's got to come on this show right and address all the bullcrap from the past seven years well she's got to step up everywhere your show every time she's out speaking she has got to start being bold and courageous, you know, and, and I think that that's the, that's the question. I've told her that directly. And I like Suzanne again, sweet lady. And she, I do believe she's got some, some conservative principles in the, in her core heart. Like I think she's a solid conservative at the core, but the I don't want just a solid conservative as my governor. I want a bold fighter and someone who will defend those conservative values. You can have conservative values all day long, but if you're not willing to defend them, you're no good to us. You're not going to do anything that's going to help us down um, like stand for truth and stand for our freedoms and liberties so you're right she has this is her time now i think what she did yesterday was kind of drew a a line in the sand and i think she just needs to build on this boldness and say this is my campaign i'm distancing myself from governor holcomb listen i i she said this to me but i i know she's saying it other other places too so i don't think i'm breaking confidence by saying this she's she's saying like i'm glad governor holcomb hasn't endorsed me because i wouldn't want his endorsement (laughs) right there she's saying she's saying i don't I don't want his endorsement. And so so I think she's got to continue to build on that. Now, uh, we'll see if she does. We'll gosh, see does. these people are just the absolute worst. Other than you and Micah, again, before we let you go, I want to thank you for giving Greg Fredo Pence one of the absolute worst days probably of his political life. You have done a service to Hoosiers across this entire state. And for that, we tip our hat and say thank you. <laughs> well, listen, man, I'm just standing for the, the people – and for the uh, the Constitution and for liberty. And anyone, Republican, Democrat, that's coming against those principles, I'm going to fight them and I'm going to call them out. So that's, you can count on me to always do that. All right, Mike, I'm back with you. You're the best. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thanks, buddy. 93 WIBC. It is the Kennel and Casey Show. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Joe Rogan says that Tucker Carlson could be president in 2028. It's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Ethan Hatchers in for Casey. So Rogan has a new show out, as he does, I believe it's every single week. And on the latest presentation, he says Tucker Carlson could be president of the United States in four years. Take a listen. Yeah, I guess you would probably have at least an idea of how you would do it differently and better. And he's also got a very popular voice. Like, if he decided to run for president, like, say if Trump let's just make a scenario Trump wins in 2024 he has four years if Tucker went to run in 2028 he could win he really could win because it would be kind of carrying those policies but also he's a sort of a no-nonsense guy who exposes Mm -hmm. bullshit in a pretty humorous way in a very insightful and biting way and that's what he was really good at on his television show. Yeah. And he red-pilled a lot of left-wing people. There's a lot of left-wing people during the pandemic that's a Tucker Carlson's a propagandist, and he's a mm-hmm. piece of shit, and is a right-wing asshole. And then as time went on, they were like, he's saying a lot of shit that's right. Like, why are they locking these tests? Why are they making kids wear masks? Like, is there any science to it? Uh, What do you think, Ethan? I think he's got a point. I think Tucker Carlson is one of these guys who may be transcending media and is bright enough and smart enough and savvy enough to make it go in politics. There's not many people in media I would think that with. What say you? Sure. No, that's one of the cool things about a post-Donald Trump world in 2016. He really opened the gate for a lot of this stuff, and anything is possible now. I'm not going to rule it out. Ten years ago, it may have seemed like a ridiculous concept. Today, yeah, well within the realm of possibility. What I'd like to know is if Tucker is elected, will he bring back the bow tie for the White House. <laughs> Truman wrote, rocked a bow tie. So. Uh, all right. Uh, when we come back, Ron DeSantis, more audio from him. He is very upset about Trump's style. However, he is going after his record, which I think is totally fair game. We've got Trump. He's truth raging. We've got Republican <laughs> strategists saying that indictments are a distraction from Biden against Trump. we got so much audio to get to next hour. Plus, I think I might have got threatened last night by a government official. Again? <laughs> it's another night at the Kendall House. It's 93 WIBC.